Welcome to Cyclone, a weekly podcast that dives into psychological concepts through a thrilling narrative that will keep you on the edge of your seats. Series 1, Yellow Jacket. Episode 4, Recreation of Cognition. Oh, um, crap. Oh my god, look at you, it's been so long. Wow, why am I not surprised? I can't believe I ever went this long without your clumsiness. Come here, you. I really missed you so much, though you have no idea. So it's true what the butler said? Yes, of course we did. We were literally so inseparable. Like, nothing, and I mean, absolutely nothing could ever come in the way of our friendship. But, anyway, what's up? How have you been and how's everything going? I... I don't even know to be honest. Ever since I woke up from the accident, I've just been in a constant daze. Oh right, um, the accident. Um, maybe I can tell you about that later. Oh my god, you still have the treehouse? Do you remember when we were younger, we'd always have these scavenger hunts which would often lead to so many fights between us? Especially this one time, we raced to the top of the treehouse for the apparent ultimate prize of all time. <laughs> that certainly does sound like something I would do. Um, it's so crazy how long ago that was when we would pull forth and act like pirates. And oh boy, how I wish we still had that. Pirates? Huh. Interesting. Um, does anything even ring a bell, JD? I... I'm afraid not, Bella. But I have to say, though, something about you, it feels so warm. Well, you really have it hard after the accident, huh? I can't really seem to put my finger around it, but you don't seem like you have amnesia. You seem like a completely different person altogether. I mean... I guess so, but it's not like I would know anyway. <laughs> I remember when we used to play hide and seek. Like, you'd always go to the storage room and hide behind all of those boxes. I absolutely love how you thought that were so smart each and every time. Although, we used to hide there so much to get away from everyone. Or why don't we go check it out for old time's sake? Um, okay, sure. I mean, I don't think I've got anything else to do. Wow, I can't believe this is still here. This is when you attempted to draw me because you felt you were absolutely blessed with such amazing artistic skills. You really believed in yourself a bit too much, didn't you? Certainly did. Oh, The Lion King. You used to absolutely love this movie. Remember how you wanted to watch it during every single time during our sleepovers? And I'd constantly tease you because you cry so much like a little baby. We should definitely watch it again right now for old time's sake. Oh, really? Well, if I liked it so much, then I don't see why not.
Hi, Dr. Ram. Uh, nice to meet you. Hi, MD. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure, sir. I have heard about you and you're an uh, AI and human machine interface specialist. And, you know, I'm, I'm not clear about the concepts of AI, Dr. Ram. So coming to that, what exactly is an AI? Okay, so you started off by saying that you're not clear about AI. Um, hey, isn't this a room file? Um, yeah, but I mean, let's just watch it. What is actually the artificial intelligence? I can easily understand what is artificial. Artificial is something that we could create, uh, that could emulate something, right? Something that's not real, like natural. Correct. Uh, something that we could do it in the lab or culture it in the lab or uh, set up a mechanism for it right so that is what is artificial now, what is intelligence now again intelligence has different definitions in various fields for example if i if i talk about social intelligence hmm. it's a completely different topic or domain from a person's intelligence a social intelligence is completely different from say, uh, the, the intelligence that uh, a dolphin has uh, mm. to sense its environment, you know? Mm. So a lot of things has to be talked about in a particular context or a perspective to be able to define what is artificial intelligence. So I would like to ask you, mm. in what context are you asking me about artificial intelligence? So what I want to basically understand about artificial intelligence is that, you know, how and how it works and maybe like you know aren't they say that artificial intelligence is the future so i wanted to know about you know emotions in artificial intelligence whether they can mimic it whether they can understand it and you know how how that works and also there's this topic of distributed cognition which is going on so i, I wanted to see how this all fits in and if ai can develop like how will it be when it you know there could be a real life humanoid so I was thinking on more of those nine. Okay. So you've touched upon a number of different uh, but interrelated concepts. In the world of technology, uh, intelligence is defined in a way that tasks are executed in the environment. How these tasks are executed and the nature of these tasks and the efficiency of these tasks uh, are all kept in mind when you're talking about intelligence. For example, Intelligence is not a new concept. It's a very old concept. It started way back when we used to have calculators. Calculators are also machines. Mm. Right? A human could perform calculations on paper. And the efficiency of the person performing calculations on paper could be measured. Now, then came the calculators. And with calculators, they could perform the human actions in a certain way. And yeah, you can do that, it much faster. Yeah, the, the calculators could perform things much faster. And not only faster, but also more complex calculations which the mm. humans could not perform. So in a way, it was an intelligent system that was already built. All right. But the intelligent system that's already built needed human intervention. So the calculator cannot perform on its own. It had to, there had to be a human and the human had to input certain factors or input or give data to it, and it used to generate an output. Creating a system. Correct. But now, the philosophy of artificial intelligence is, 
how can we make systems independent of a human mm. so we don't have and, to give an input like we just correct. build a basic function and it develops from there correct so the emergence of the concept called generalized intelligence mm. so a calculator is a specific type of intelligence but a system that could self regulate itself mm. without only human intervention without a human feeding it information and expecting an output if a system is able to work on itself then that i would term as uh, having a generalized intelligence okay okay i just want to know a generalized intelligence how does it uh, fit in with the ai like it does build up a system which is called the generalized intelligence but uh, what could be the further implications of it oh there are lots of profound implications of developing a system with generalized intelligence now if a human has to function in an environment the human has to make decisions at every point for example if i have to step out now and go to a grocery store there are a number of decisions that i need to make hmm. and uh, over the years i've learned uh, what needs to be done if i need to go to a grocery store all right and so i perform that function very efficiently and sometimes even without conscious thought process now so can a system exist in an environment where it can perform its own functions uh now the functions can be physical tasks the system must be capable of choosing options for example if the system has an option to go to the grocery store uh walking right versus mm. if the system has an option to take the car and depending upon the amount of time the system should be capable of making the decision that a car would save much time uh in reaching the grocery store and coming back so is the system capable of making that decision independently based on its own motivation you're making a choice and based on calculation and efficiency like on that emotion and cognition are intricately linked all right there there's been a debate about is emotion different from cognition okay that's been a a debate for some time but emotions and cognitions were never separate they were always bound together hmm. so let me explain this i perform any task okay or i go about doing any task primarily because i am at an irritable state now every day i am in the problem solving mode where that i want to solve the problem so that the irritable state comes down now for example now what is an irritable state you might ask for every task or action that i perform i get some sort of an emotional satisfaction is what i would say after completing a task okay after completing of the task i have a task i need to complete the task because the task has put me in in a state of bother or mm. put me in a state of thinking or put me in a state of irritability right the task has come and i have to solve the task so before solving the task when the tasks when the task presents itself i am at a spot of bother right because the task has come now when i complete the task that problem goes away and so my bothersomeness or worrisomeness or the irritability goes down mm. right because i've solved the problem now if i did not have this bothersome feeling or irritability or any feeling 
if i didn't have a feeling at all the task would not be a problem for me so i would mm-hmm. not i would not even look at the task all right suppose i'm walking on the road if there's a stone stone in front of me that's if the stone is bothering me then i pick up the stone and throw it away if the stone is not bothering me i i don't care in the world right i don't pay much attention to it mm. so in a way emotion is the one that decides whether something becomes a problem to me or not once the problem comes to me then i am at a irritable state or a, or a worrisome state and once i solve the problem i i get to that normal state right, right? so emotion has to be there for a problem to arise how i go about solving the problem is more about cognition so i'm thinking whether should i do this logically or whether uh, there are various uh, cognitive methods of solving the problem right yeah uh, do it lateral lateral thinking yeah mm-hmm. so there is with cognition so emotion and cognition are never never distinct so in a way when i say artificial intelligence system when you're building an artificial intelligence system and when you say that you want to build generalized intelligence into it then a necessary component has to be emotion if you don't produce an emotion in the artificial system then the artificial system will have no motivation to solve the problem mm. right yeah so there will be no motivation to solve the problem and hence uh, emotion in an artificial system is extremely important hmm. so it could also be replicated you know just like how human does put it you're saying emotions could be replicated in the ai like you know they'll be able to show that emotions. is a, that is another problem altogether the complexity of see right now most of the work is about cognitive intelligence not emotional intelligence uh-huh. all the work is about task achievement practical like so, finishing it uh, to what extent human emotions can be uh, given to a machine is going to be uh, a real challenge and it's going to be a very big problem to solve hmm. so i mean if if that also comes do you think you know we could have something like a dopamine or a hormone system and i know it's very or the emotions are hard to predict but if if you know when we do a task we get something like a dopamine hit could those kind of intricate system having an ai would be practical or you know would it be good will it serve any process i mean proper use or you know it's depending on the ai system it won't be or like is it possible uh see with the developments of um, neural nets uh, which emulate the functioning of the human brain the possibilities have increased so i wouldn't say that it is not possible but i would also say that it's going to be a very complex problem to solve hmm. uh, in the future so the ability to have different neurotransmitters the ability to produce the dopamine effect when a human consumes coffee versus a human watches a film that makes him or her cry or uh, in a, in a happy state is going to be very difficult to emulate that in in uh, an ai system the reason the reason i'm stating this is it's a state of the body right it's a state of the human body so it's an internal state and most of the work in artificial intelligence is about achievement of a task and not about an internal state so building of this internal state is going to be a very complex problem mm-hmm.
so oh yeah that's a there's a game about uh this like a detroit become human where they you know give humanized emotions it's a very interesting concept so that's why i was wondering so let's let's move on to the uh the distributive cognition you know you know that now we talked about generalized cognition so what about distributive cognition okay you asked an interesting question md okay so one of the strong proponents of uh, the distributed cognition theory is edward hutchins uh, with his work uh, around about uh, 1995 when he published various papers on distributed cognition and uh, it's an excellent example of uh the recent technologies that uh adopt um this notion or the concept of embedded cognition and in simple terms what this involves is it negates the traditional notion of functioning human functioning that's happening with the help of the brain within the skull the concept of distributed cognition talks about functioning of the human in relation to the environment and in relation to the environment we talk about four different types of cognition the first one is embedded cognition embodied cognition inactive cognition and extended cognition not necessarily these are in the same order as i said there is no order relevance to it but these are the four different types of cognition now uh so here's a question for you empty Have you used a vacuum cleaner before? Yeah, so I've used the manual one where you use the arm or the trunk, you know, to suck the dirt, and you know, there's also a mop kind of one. But I've used the manual one. Right, right. Have you heard of vacuum cleaners that independently function on their own and uh, they just clean the yeah the, yeah the room in which they're in have you heard of those i've heard of it i've seen some of it i know what you're talking about but i haven't had the chance to use one or even i don't understand how it works all right so uh, so one of the most um researched uh household item is uh, is the this the vacuum cleaner and how we can make the vacuum cleaner independently like how can you give cognition to Uh, a vacuum cleaner such that it can function independently without any human intervention how does it sound to you that would be great like you know it will make the process much easier and you know more efficient fantastic right you just switch on the vacuum cleaner you leave it and it moves around your room and cleans every every spot or every uh, square meter of your room space if it's uh, capable of cleaning by itself what a delight right it reduces so much of human yeah uh, uh human work or, or or the time consumption so let me explain this concept of distributed cognition uh with this um uh self regulated vacuum cleaner okay now so let's assume that you want this vacuum cleaner to first function in your living room all right and then i ask you to give me a picture of your living room all right and you give me those pictures and i upload that particular picture or the or the map or the territory of the living room into this um into this vacuum cleaner and i embed this in your uh, living room what do you think the system will do 
So if the vacuum cleaner is put in my living room, I guess it will automatically start moving. That's what I would expect it to do. Right. And it will move exactly in the direction. So you are embedding it to embedding the vacuum cleaner into your living room. And that living room is a particular dimension. And uh, your living room has a particular dimension one. Second, um, that dimension of the living room is is loaded onto the uh, vacuum cleaner as a part as a form of memory all right and as soon as you switch on uh, the vacuum cleaner it is going to move exactly in the in the in the direction or in the territory of or exactly in the dimensions that you have specified all right mm. uh, and it's going to move and it's going to clean those areas mm. what do you perceive as one of the primary problems there that uh, it would come across obstacles? Yes. Um, so we gave it a primary cognition with, and we embedded that system in your living room. All right. So the external environment and the internal environment was the same, right? There was a match and uh, it was embedded, but it cleaned the room efficiently, efficiently, but when it encountered an obstacle, it could not do anything. It got stuck because uh, the match between the embed, the match between the living room and its internal cognition did not match. So, what I do is I attach few sensors on the uh, vacuum cleaner, and attaching the sensors enables the vacuum cleaner to just move around the obstacle and still follow the same territory. All right. So in that, what I've done is attaching the sensors gives it an inactive cognition. What is inactive cognition? Inactive cognition is responding in relation to the environment. All right. So we are all products of our environments, right? So I'm always working dynamically with the environment. So the sensors give an input to the vacuum cleaner that an obstacle has occurred and it has to uh, just move around and then move on with the other cognition that's given already. What is the problem here? Are you really happy with such a system, MD? I would be if it uh, goes on and then, you know, if, if basic optical obstacles comes, it moves, it would be good, but uh, I don't feel like there's something missing. Yeah, what is it that's missing? The missing aspect is that can my vacuum cleaner, rather than moving in a clockwise direction, just around the corners of my room, all right? One is it's just moving around the corners of my room. Second is it's navigating certain obstacles that are present in the corners. But what if I suddenly want my vacuum cleaner to move diagonally, all right? That is an interesting problem mm -hmm. to solve. So there, uh, the notion of extended cognition comes into play, all right? where uh, apart from the functionalities it's, it's doing now, how can it, uh, based on the dimensionality of the room, how, how can it extend itself from, from just sticking to the walls to the other places, uh, for example, the center of the room or the other corners of the room, or if you have, uh, a couch right in the middle of your 
living room, how can the uh, vacuum cleaner navigate those big obstacles which are present uh, in the middle of the room, right? Isn't this an interesting problem to solve? Yeah, it would be. Right. So there, what you're doing is you are giving it an extended cognition where you're giving it an ability for the vacuum cleaner to explore uncharted territories in the room, all right, through the sensors. So the sensors are already there. The inactive cognition will enable this. The extended cognition is for it to gather more information from the environment, all right, and then behave in accordance to how the environment is, work in accordance to all the objects or obstacles that are present in the living room, right? That's an example of an extended cognition. So do you, how do you find uh, the vacuum cleaner now? Ah, it's completely, you know, it does all it has to do. It moves in the corners, it cleans in the corners, you know, it moves around in diagonals. So the problem is clearly, you know, it's, you know, it's the fog is clearing up. Right. So, but there is an essential piece that is missing here. And what is it? Hmm. I'm not really sure about it. Right. So you have a very efficient vacuum cleaner that's hmm. performing all the tasks. Hmm. But uh, what about the internal state? How does the vacuum ah. cleaner understand its own state of being? Sense of that's sense. very important, right? Hmm. Now, so there comes in the concept of uh, embodied cognition, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the notion of embodied cognition is that the cognition is something that is internal and which can understand its own internal states. Assuming that the vacuum cleaner is a wireless system, right? We essentially need a wireless system to function very efficiently in the living room, all right? And let's say that uh, the vacuum cleaner has to be charged and then it has to be let into the environment. Now, if the vacuum cleaner is able to sense that it is only that it only has 20% of the battery and it has to charge itself. Mm. So, and you're interested in designing a system that's uh, completely self-functioning, right? Mm. Yes. So what if what if the vacuum cleaner sends its own battery to be about 20%? navigate because it's been given all the other cognitions be able to navigate in the room and find the spot where it has to charge itself a plug point where it has to charge itself goes to the wall charges itself and then again uh, once it knows that it has full battery charge detaches itself to the wall and starts uh, performing its functions again how would that be that would be I think that would be the most efficient and the easiest. Like, I wouldn't have to do anything about it. And don't I even have to worry about, you know, my house being clean or anything. Absolutely. So here you have a very efficient system, a very self-regulating, uh, uh, self-regulated uh, self uh, system, uh, a very efficient system in which uh, it, it, it uh, efficiently interacts with the environment and works in accordance with the environment. So such is a vacuum cleaner where you can bring in any obstacle and it's still going to give you the same functionality and the same optimal performance, right? Mm. Um, so, so, so in this, you realize the importance of uh, the embodied, embedded, 
uh, extended and inactive cognition into play. Yeah, it it clears definitely up a bunch. Don't tell me this is part of the movie too. You know how we're saying you seem like a whole different person? Um, do you think that this might have something to do with it? Or are we just think overthinking it? Bam! Your stupid sandwiches are ready. Come and get it. You wrote a sandwich and I'm bored of it. What the hell was that? Uh, don't worry about it. It's just Butler being Butler again. We should probably go and eat though before he gets too grumpy. Um, yeah, we should. But, Eddie, do you remember the ring that you always used to wear? How come you don't use it anymore? Oh, right, the silver ring. Um, well, it's in the nightstand. I don't, I don't wear it anymore because, well, frankly, I'm just too lazy to wear it. And, um, you know what, though? We should go and eat. I'm actually starving, really. Um, yeah, oh, um, well, you aren't being the usual you, but anyway. Your German toasted ham and cheese with tomato bolognese served. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. But, Butler, where's father? Well, father, he retreated to his study lab a bit earlier, so he will not be joining us. I'm not even lying, but this actually looks really good. Hey, I've got skills in other parts, but oatmeal is still the best. <laughs> well, let's just agree to disagree on that. Perfect. What did we just watch? I have no idea what it is. Mm, watch what? There was, there was something taped over the Lion King movie. Butler, do you have any idea about it? Um, is 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 it a is it me in a fur cloth? Is 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 it me in a lion costume to do doing something? No, no, no! What are you talking about? That was not supposed to be it. Um, it was you with Ram sir about AI and something about how it works, etc., etc., etc. Wait, 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 wait! AI with Ram Kumar. Oh no no no! Oh uh, no! You know what? It's just it's a mistake. You know, it was just it's just one of your dad's old interviews. Don't worry about it. Imagine if there was a lifelike AI though. Wow! Come <laughs> on, Daddy, that can't be possible. <laughs> And imagine if that was one of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not that funny, guys. Bella's audio journal. Friday, September 1st, 2025. <sighs> well, where do I begin when it comes to JD? You know, I actually thought that he'd be the same. I mean, I get that it's been so long since I saw him, yes, but he can't even remember me. How is this even possible if we literally spent our entire lives together before the accident? Sometimes I just, I just maybe feel that there's definitely something more to it. Like he couldn't remember the treehouse games, nor could he remember the Lion King out of all things. But yeah, this just doesn't seem to add up. 
He's been acting so weird as if I've never existed in his life before or something. <sighs> I have major suspicions of him being someone else, maybe. Or God knows, honestly. But whatever it is, I just want the old JD back. I miss him so much. Brought to you by Cyclone. Each year of meals, each year of meals. At every time, you better keep the butler happy. Our death is near.